last week you had all finally entered the Darklands. I think we've been building up to the Darklands for quite a while now, ever since, I guess sort of ever since Orin had told his story of being from Kragadan and being uh, not being able to get back. And there'd always been kind of like a slight undertone of, of having to travel back there someday, probably through the Darklands. But finally, in maybe like the halfway point or so of book four, we were here. And it didn't take very long after entering the Darklands for you guys to wind up afoul of a Durgar patrol who attacked on sight, thinking that you would be easy targets. And uh, unfortunately, you proved them very, very wrong. And uh, one of them surrendered at the very end, seeing that uh, there was no point in continuing the fight, realizing that his class was rubbish and that there was really nothing that he could do as a terrible, terrible prestige class. And offered to serve as a guide for you. Uh, it was a very steep cost, but he assured you that his services would be beneficial. And after a little bit of a discussion, you did ultimately decide that it was worth the shot to hire him, see how things go. And that's actually where we left off the last session was the end of the first day in the Darklands after having defeated that patrol. You kept going a little bit further until eventually you did decide to take a, uh, a rest, a spot off the side of the road and, uh, and to, to rest. Navi, just so I remember how this went, Navi stayed behind. She never actually came with you into the Darklands because she's going the opposite direction. So it is just the four, I guess, five of you now traveling your multi-hundred, well, not multi-hundred, but over a hundred-mile journey to Kragadan. And we will pick up this session in the, I guess you could say, morning of the second day. This is several thousand feet below ground, so there's no sunlight, obviously, so the perception of time is who knows what, but uh, you guys wake up at whatever your biological clocks tell you is morning time and uh, you can get around and uh, put the pull down the camp, get everything uh, ready to, to travel and uh, make your way forward. Is there anything you guys would like to do? Well, I would like to get all my cool level 12 stuff for once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yes, you guys did. Did we go over what you guys got at level 12 and it's just that you didn't rest to actually get that, but we already talked about it? Correct, yeah. We talked about it last time. So now that you guys have rested, you actually officially get all of that stuff that you Hooray. talked about having gotten but didn't get yet. So that, that'll be neat. Nothing just but do. I'm top, tip top HP. Yeah, I think Kieran's just anxious to get this party started. Same with Orin. Yeah. Now, Kieran. It's Kragadon. I would say Kieran should use the uh, Metamagic Rod of Extend to use the uh, communal dark vision. But remember, only you and I need it now. Because Gideon, he's got a belt. 
that no, helps his eyesight. I have the belt. Never mind. Gideon, I would like <laughs> dark vision. Yes. I will cast dark vision communal. Yeah, so Kieran doesn't have anything special that he wants to do. I think it would just be the normal routine, and I think he's kind of anxious just to get going into the Darklands now that we have a tenuous guide. Yeah, so as we, as we go with this, I'll just kind of go along day by day as we go through, and if you guys have something you'd want to say or do, just go ahead and, and let me know, and we can give a pause there. But otherwise, I'll just start going through this journey of yours. In terms of if you guys do ever end up in combat, I'm probably not going to waste time playing Flendak because as a Shadow Dancer, he is useless and terrible. Oh, and what are we paying him for? Yeah, I know, seriously, give us some of the money back. Well, he's going to be doing quite a bit here. We'll see. I have, I have information that he'll... <laughs> we'll see. They're mind flares. Just talk them. Talk them down. So... You guys all get your camp torn down, everything's ready to go, and you begin making your way further down the long walk, the second day of your trip. And during this second day of your journey, roughly maybe six or seven hours of walking goes by, just fairly banal walking in pitch darkness for most of the day. I don't know what conversation there might be. Flendex certainly isn't going to be starting any conversation, I can tell you that. But um, after these number of hours, Flendex stops. And he kind of motions forward and a little bit to the left. And actually, I'll move you guys to where you'd be. Like, you're kind of like this. Jason, this, like, long walk is, like, truly a highway just underground? It is essentially a... An underground highway built by the Duragar, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Are there, like, juts off occasionally, like, going different, like, routes and stuff, or is it... There are definitely side caverns, for sure, but uh, the highway itself does not split. It's it's pretty much a singular road from the two major Duragar cities, but, I mean, there are, there are tunnels that pocket it occasionally. Nice. Do they have, like, little reflective mile markers so you know how far you are? <laughs> yes, for the no. for the dark vision people. Do, do they have exit signs to I let you know? It. No, neon neon green flashing. Yeah, just yeah, I just no. wanted to make sure it was obvious to travelers. You know, no, uh, like you wouldn't get lost on the long walk, probably, because you just have to follow the main road. But. Um, there are caverns all over the place. And you can see, like, ancient statues that are kind of worn down and whatnot occasionally. Like, you'll see, like, with your dark vision, you'll see, like, the shape of an eye on the wall next to you. Like, a giant, like, stone eye. And it's just, like, a an ancient statue that's been eroded away, mostly. Anyways, you, you get to a spot, and uh, Flendex stops. And he motions forward slightly to the left. Whatever it is that he sees is outside your range of dark vision until you squint for a bit and then you can faintly see in the distance a patch of what appears to be iridescent violet black mushrooms that are each like four to six inches in height that are kind of glowing in the distance and he says looks like a patch of twilight mushrooms growing out of a corpse up ahead looks like it's still clutching a spear 
Could be worth investigating. Up to you. I'd be happy to take a closer look, but uh, only if this one comes with me. And he points to Orin. What? Uh, what? What are you? What are you inspecting for? Uh, the corpse. No, I mean, are you looking for gear? Looking how it died? I mean, I mean, what, what are we trying to look at it for? Yeah, both. I mean, like I said, it's up to you. But why? So, uh, like, why on me specifically? I, I don't understand. Oh, because it's Twilight Mushrooms. Okay. Can I get a knowledge check on some Twilight Mushrooms? Yeah, knowledge dungeoneering, if you want to. Can I aid? Maybe. Can uh, try. Sure. Nope. Just kidding. Don't. Don't have dungeoneering. And while they're thinking about that, Kieran's gonna say, "All right, now these Twilight Mushrooms. The, nothing pops out of them, right?" I have a bad experience with a corpse and rock grubs jumping out, so there's no, like, explosion of little creepy crawlies that are going to come out of it, right? Uh, no creepy crawlies. I, there will be spores and stuff, yeah. That's why, I, that's why I'm asking to have the dwarf come with me. Um, so with a 22 knowledge engineering, Jessup, you don't really know anything about Twilight Mushrooms, but Flendot kind of talks to you about it and says, uh, yeah, so Twilight Mushrooms, they grow in damp, dark, underground areas. They're highly toxic to non-dwarves. We tend to use them to deter trespassers. Uh, we'll set them up in places, and it often leads to things like this, roadside corpses that are just kind of free to plunder. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard that things like sunlight or, or extreme cold can, can destroy them or render them useless, but, uh, yeah, you don't get that too well. Sunlight, you never get that down here. But uh, yeah, we tend to set them up as uh, a way to deter trespassers, and it occasionally gives us uh, nice little opportunities like this. So that's why I said it might be worth investigating. It's up to you. We can go around it easily enough. So I just roll a twenty-nine uh, oratory sense motive to see if that's true, especially more the part where it doesn't affect dwarves. Sounds like, as far as he's aware, that is the case. Like, like from what he just said, it sounds like Duragar handled these things a lot. And the fact that he's willing to go up to it himself makes you think that, like, he if he wasn't immune to it, he probably wouldn't suggest that. Just for kind of turned the group in. That sounds kosher to me. I'll let you roll a knowledge local if you want. And Jason, it my new belt doesn't do anything for me with this I'm basically a dwarf now <laughs> like my belt has essentially turned me into a <laughs> six foot tall dwarf. dwarf yeah I'm a seven foot tall I grew a beard overnight you woke yeah. up and you see Karen now has this like super <laughs> long bushy beard he's burly he's burly yep 100% canon <laughs> he tried to shave and it just came back yep 23 on that local roll for whatever that was for. So with a 23, so again, you don't think that he's lying, but you you're thinking about it and you wonder if what he said is actually the case. So one thing that you know about Duragar, Jessup, is that they unlike surface dwarves, they are immune to poison. Surface dwarves have a bonus against poison, but Duragar are immune to poison. So it may be the case that he thinks dwarves are immune to twilight mushrooms, when in reality, 
that's not necessarily the case. Okay, so retroactive, not kosher, and go. I yeah, uh, I, I I don't know if uh, you uh, cut from the same cloth, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't I don't know if our buddy Owen here is going to be any better those mushrooms than uh, Kieran over here, Tall Dwarf. No, I I assure you, I've handled these plenty of times. They're not they're not toxic to dwarves. I've personal experience. Kind of looks at Warren, shrugs. But he'll turn to Orin, so his back is facing kind of shrugs, but kind of like, kind of makes a, you know, face, kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's up to you. Like I said, we could just walk around it. That's fine. Uh, I, we can check it out. I'm willing to give it a go. It's just I didn't want to go. Uh, there's not zero danger. Like, there could be danger. So I don't want to go alone. But Twilight Mushrooms, as far as I'm aware, I've handled them plenty of times. They'd be pretty bad for three of you guys, but... So you're not willing to go up there by yourself? You will only go up there if Orin goes with you? Yeah, I'd like some backup. Yeah, just in case. Do you know, like, is there a radius that this affects? Because we can get as close as we can. I just don't know if it only affects a certain area. Yeah, sometimes it depends on the maturity of the mushrooms, the size of the patch. Probably 10, 15, maybe 20 feet, depending on how big it is. They tend to burst out pretty big. Or- Oren was like, yeah, I, we can check it out. I'm willing to give it a go. I'm pretty hardy. I'm sure I'll be fine. Just a look at Oren and you are a braver soul than I. And I'll give him uh, heroes. Yeah, I was going to say I don't have any more antitoxin. Well, Jessup, I'll give you hero. So that'll give you uh, plus two morale bonus to attack roll saves and skill checks at least. So I'll give that to Oren. Oren, that's going to last you for quite a while. 160 minutes. I don't know, Oren, if you prepared anything for poison or not, but... I do have one antitoxin. I don't know where I got it, but it's here. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. No problem. Live forever. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, if, if worse comes to worse, I'm, I'm sure by the grace of Milani, I'll be able to hopefully bring you back. Okay, I hope. <laughs> Full of confidence. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't worry about it personally. All right, so Kieran will walk up, we'll follow, but we'll stop a good 20, 25 feet away. Jessup will move up as well, but he's going to be like 60 feet away. Oh, Gideon just went right up in there, didn't he? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I have a high fortitude save. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. You guys make your way up closer to this patch, and uh, as you get within, as uh, Flamdeck and Oren get within 10 to 15 feet, he's kind of looking as if, yeah, I'll be honest, I uh, kind of expected you to chicken out there. Got more uh, more grit than I thought you would for a surface dwarf. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've spent quite a bit of time in the Darklands. Uh, not exactly afraid of anything down here. Yeah, well... We'll see about that. Uh, I've heard that before. And he kind of continues going up for us. He's kind of looking at the mushrooms. This is a bit odd. Usually we have a we have a standard way of setting these things up. So they, they grow in a way that we can see them. It looks like this is a bit of a... It's almost haphazard. It's kind of weird. And he goes and he kind of grabs at the spear. And as he does, the mushrooms kind of burst out like he had said that they would as they're disturbed they in a uh, 10 foot radius they just explode out with spores 
and he kind of costs a little bit, but it doesn't seem to affect him whatsoever. Uh, Oren, I will need you to give me a fortitude save. You're here on, right? Nice. Okay, yep. You also cough a little bit, but you are able to kind of cover your mouth and, and you're you're pretty hearty, so you don't seem to be terribly affected by this. And he, Flindak, pulls up the spear and he's just like, yeah, that's really weird. It doesn't seem to doesn't seem like something that uh, I or the other Duragar would have set up like this. And as he says that, I need everybody to roll a perception check. I rolled a 13, starting off on a strong note. Hey, I rolled a 32. 25. 16. Okay. Well, Oren, you and I will not be acting in the surprise round. I don't know how to see things. <laughs> so, as he begins to ponder the seemingly strange organization of this patch of, of mushrooms here. Anyone who rolled a 23 or higher on their perception check, which includes Jessup him. and Gideon. And yeah, him. so Jessup, Gideon, and Flendak. Uh, you all hear movement in the ceiling on either side of the of the highway some large creature that is about to, it seems, pounce out. And as soon as you hear that, Flendak looks up and he kind of ducks down. He says, oh, crap. And just as he says that, I need everybody to roll initiative. Yeah, he's a very tame. His language is very tame. He's very <laughs> family-friendly, Duragar. He's a family-friendly <laughs> 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 you know, that's because we're a family-friendly podcast. These initiatives know? are not great. I rolled a 24. Jess, we've got 22. For once, Gideon actually beat Oren. So, let's see here. Gideon got a 12. Oren got an 8. Jess, got a 22. And Kieran got a 24. And Gideon's initiative modifier is two. Okay, so top of round, surprise round. Top of the surprise round, Flendak, uh, like I said, he he looks up uh, and kind of looks to the left and looks to the right, and he, he yells out in surprise. He says, oh, we got incoming. And he is going to move action, pull out his crossbow, but I'm not actually going to play him in the combat because, again, he will do nothing. His crossbow is worthless, and his class is worthless, and everything about him is worthless. I know wow. he has some inherent value of being, you know, a sentient being. Would be if he wasn't a shadow dancer. <laughs> the more I read, the less I liked the shadow dancer. That's like that's like classist. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So, in the surprise round, the only two of you that will be acting is what was it again? It was uh, Gideon and Jessup. Gideon and Jessup. So Jessup, you will be going now. Can Jessup see what we're talking about? No, your dark vision is 60 feet. You don't see anything within your dark vision at all. You hear him yell out that you have incoming, but you don't see anything. Actually, you don't even see him, I don't think. <laughs> you just don't. So I have a standard or move action. Uh, Jessup is just going to start his performance... And good to go. Well, obviously, Inspire Courage. Yeah, so Inspire Courage, uh, just so you're aware, it uses audible and or visual. Okay. 
Good. Okay. Yes. So as long as I can hear you. Okay. Correct. So, uh, yeah, Jessup's not going to move. Um, he's going to stay where he is, hope for the best, and he will start a performance as his move action, and that is his surprise round. Okay. Next up, we have one of these creatures. Out of a kind of a side alcove in the le- the left side of the road near the ceiling, a large creature roars out and unleashes a breath attack in your direction, illuminating the area with this torrent of fire very briefly. You can all see this this creature as it does so in the illumination. That's what it looks like there. It is a, a large uh, serpentine-type creature, and its breath is going to go all over the two dwarves. I need Orin to give me a reflex save. Oh, everyone knows Orin's known for his reflexes. He is very lithe. It's pretty good, and dude. his full stone plate. Yeah. Hey, actually, that's not half bad. 22. Yeah, so Orin, you only take nine points of fire damage as this torrent of fire engulfs you. And it kind of burns all of the spores away in the process. And... In that brief moment, again, all of you can see this creature up in the corner, and I would say that it would be enough illumination for you to faintly be able to catch out of the corner of your eye the other creature who is uh, on the other side of the of the room of the of the highway. There, same creature it looks like, and it's just out of the corner of your eye. You spot it for a, a brief second, and then it all goes dark once the fire uh, dissipates. Orin, how much damage did you take? Nine. So you take half that. Because I had cast shield on you at the start of the day. Oh, you are peach. And uh, who did we say got the extra one? I do, Jace. He takes the the higher amount. So he takes five, you take four. So I get four back. Yep. And then it is Gideon's turn in the surprise round. We're going to go ahead and cast Hedging Weapons. All right. Classic. And five foot step in. Okay. It is then the other guy's turn in the surprise round. It's going to do a move action to jump down and start moving in your guys' direction. That'll be its surprise round. Which now brings us to the top of the first actual round of initiative. Kieran, you'll be going first. Oh boy, oh boy. So... Here and see. Can, I think I can see these things now. With your sixty-foot dark vision, you can barely see the one. You cannot see the other. You saw it for a brief moment, but you can't currently see it. But you can see this one over here. Okay. What knowledge check would I have to roll on these? I only. Well, I guess. Let me tell you what I have. So I have Arcana, Local, and Nobility. I don't know if any of those would apply. Yep. Go ahead and roll a Knowledge Arcana. Okay. Knowledge Arcana. Oh, natural two for a seventeen beautiful in the very brief glimpse of it that you got and the darkness you're you're not able to distinguish exactly what these creatures are did i see the like breath attack though and i can see it looks oh, for sure. dragon-like you for sure saw the so the fire breath you saw that easily yeah okay All 50 right, so foot line of fire it seemed so kieran sees these this creature that looks dragon-like and that sparks in him to grow his claws and you know like he normally does except this time is a little bit different because this time 
he doesn't just grow claws, but he literally becomes a medium-sized blue dragon. Uh, let's go! As my dragon disciple, dragon disciple level seven ability, form of the dragon will take place. So I think I have that programmed. Do you have a cool new icon for Kieran? I sent one to Jason. I think you can make tokens flippable. So I don't know if that's something we can look to do in the future. We can just oh, like he sent it to me like ten minutes ago. Okay. No, I literally just sent it to you. Okay, like, there we go. Just now. I, I didn't think about it until we were in the combat, and I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of want a new token, but I don't think it'll be in time. So we can, we don't have to do that for this fight, but in the future, that would be cool to have as like a, a flip my token and I become this dragon. But I think that expends my standard action. It's very unclear. It just says like I gain the ability, which I believe works like the spell form of the dragon. So basically I become a medium... In my case, chromatic dragon, because it has to go after your bloodline. I gain a plus four size bonus to strength, plus two size bonus to con, a plus four natural armor bonus, 60 feet of fly speed, but poor. 60 feet of dark vision, a breath weapon, and resistance to my element of electricity. Um, And then I get a bite attack, two claws, two wings. For everybody to see what Karen looks like now. But I'm still medium, so I'm not like a super fierce dragon yet. I'm just a, a medium-sized dragon, but... You're still cool as all get does that, out. Does though. that dragon have some pretty sweet abs? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. rippled. It's scales. Nice. It's well-defined. Yeah, so I think that expends my standard action. I would and so. with the bonus to con, I should get additional HP. So I get one... So that would be, what, 12 more hit points? Because I get a plus two size, a plus two size bonus to con. Yeah, it would be your level. Okay. That is not temporary HP. So. Oh, it's not. I don't believe so. It's a, it's just a bonus to your con. So your actual hit points goes up and will go down. Right. When the spell ends. When I die. Okay. Good to know. That'll be fun. So. That'll be my standard action. And then for my move, I will, I'm going to, f- how, how tall are the ceilings? Are they pretty tall in here? About 40 feet. Okay. I will fly up 20 feet where I'm at. And then I will just be in the air 20 feet up. Okay. So we're going to do some 3D combat, which is always a good time. Yep. And what's your move? Yeah. Well, your movement speed is what? 60 feet, but poor. Okay, so you can do 20. Okay. Yeah. Because you ascend at half speed, so. Yeah, yep. All right. All right, then. That brings us to Jessup. Jessup will maintain performance. Uh, Jessup will... Can Jessup roll a knowledge check? Sure. Knowledge arcana. Can Jessup roll a nat 20, because he's a loser, for a 32? Sure, if you want to. That is enough to identify the creatures and get two pieces of information. So you identify these as creatures known as Peluda. They are neutral evil large dragon. So wild dragonkin that stalk the savage places of the world. Peluda love or loathe. Very different word. <laughs> loathe all of the weak, fragile creatures smaller than themselves, especially the various arrogant breeds of humanoids. 
viewing themselves as true and regal dragons. These brutes seek to dominate all sorts of territories that are a few miles wide. They drive off all sorts of creatures and despoil the land as they please. They are typically 15 feet long and weigh about 300 pounds. So, yeah. And two pieces of information that you could uh, ask about them. Defenses? Alright. There are several things here to be said. Okay. Defensive abilities, they have DR. They are immune to fire. They are immune to paralysis. They are immune to sleep. Uh, They do have spell resistance. I think that's all I'll give you for one question. Can I use the second question to get specific on the DR? Yeah, if you'd like. Uh, They have DR5 magic. That's a lame one. Ah, wasted a question. Oh, well. That's okay. He gave you a lot for the first question. Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) He got a ton of stuff. There are uh, a lot of things to say about these creatures, so... Ah, they don't have wings, do they? Uh, they don't have a fly speed. I just was looking at the picture, and I don't, I don't see wings. I just, I mean, I guess it doesn't mean they can't fly, but I'm just curious. Yeah, the, the description, shuffling forward on thunderous elephantine limbs, immense dragon-like beasts, serpentine maw, sinuous neck, steam comes forth from the razor-sharp fangs, powerful tail. It does not say anything in the uh, flavor text of a wing, so, yeah, okay. they might not have I, I guess I assume, but, um... Yeah, so Jessica will relay that with, uh, yeah, you gotta smack him with some, uh, you know, magic-imbued weapons, but, uh, they, they have spell resistance, of which I do not know a, uh, numerical number to provide. That is all. And Jessup will... He'll move up a little bit. So, free action, maintain performance, free action, monster lore, he'll move up. And then he will ready in action to cast haste when there are... I think at least when Gideon and uh, Orin, I would like to get all three of them, but if at least Orin gets within range, I will, um, or between Orin and Gideon, I'll cast it within 30 feet of each other. All right. That brings us to the blue Peluda. It is going to jump down and move towards Orin. It does have reach, so it's actually only going to move here. Uh, it's going to make one attack, I think. So, as it gets down, it gets close to you, it then takes its tail, which you can see has numerous quills and barbs at the end of it. I'll show you again. You can see that tail there. And it kind of flings it in your direction as many of these barbs dislodge and everything within like a 15-foot cone of that area uh, needs a reflex save. Misses. As... No, it's there's it's a safe. There's no attack roll. You get 28. You do succeed, but you still take half damage. I take half So you still take 10 points of Quarter damage. Quarter So you take five, and, and uh, Gideon takes another five. Gideon, you're the best. Hey, man, I do what I can. And it's Gideon's turn. Um, He's going to delay and shout out to Orin, because uh, I'm assuming Jessup conferred his plan to him. He no, just to... confines all of his plans to himself. <laughs> <laughs> that he uh, wants him to fall back so he can benefit from haste. Apparently not Flynn because he's not worthy. So Gideon will delay. So I'll drop you down. That brings us to the red Paluda, which is going to move a little bit over here and is going to do 
its own breath attack, and I need a reflex save from. Oh, you're flying, aren't you, Kieran? Aha! <laughs> it's almost like I planned it. In that case, that. it only goes there, and I didn't plan. I that. need a save from Gideon. Reflex save. Nothing like a nine, Ooh. baby. Ooh. A nine, surprisingly, <laughs> does not succeed. <laughs> um, you take twenty-eight points of fire Ooh. damage as this breath weapon consumes you and just all of your... I mean, it probably doesn't help that you're in full plate. The burning metal is just searing your skin. Also doesn't help I waited to cast a spell I should have cast instead of delaying, but oh well, it's okay. Live and learn. That brings us to Orin. Also, Flendak would have moved back, but he's not important. so. So, how close do I have to be? Right with me, basically. As close as you can get. For haste? A, sing- a single move action would get it so that the three of you could get haste. I don't think... You couldn't get Jessup. And everyone no, knows. I'm not too concerned with Jessup. Actually, maybe, though, actually. I, I guess good. it depends on where you go, um, but also Kieran is 20 feet in the air, so we gotta just take in consideration our friend. A single move action would probably be able to do it. A single move action would do it. I was gonna say, don't be too concerned about me because I can't... Do I get... An extra natural attack with haste? It's just iteratives you don't get with haste, right? Or you... uh, I think you get an extra natural attack. Oh, okay. Cool. So, I guess if Orin gets there, I will cast haste. I assume you get an attack of opportunity, Jason. No, you can just uh, withdraw yes. if you had wanted to. It depends on what you want to do. Well, I'd still like to cast a spell. Yeah, so in that case, yes. It would get to try to take a bite at you. Lusty of grace. Or acrobatics. <laughs> Are you acrobatic? Doesn't matter. Uh, a natural one will miss regardless. <laughs> Yay! Ooh, that was lucky. So, Jessup will get his haste off. <laughs> Listen, I know you think that's mediocre, but right. that's banging. Listen. Okay, it's well it's well liked. Everyone here wants it, okay? I do, I do specifically cast it in an area that somehow doesn't hit Flynn because he doesn't want it. I don't know if it's possible. Or if you can do that, but that's what I do. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've moved you in initiative to be right before Oren. Even though I readied? That's how it works, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was only for delaying. When you d- No, when you delay, when you delay, you have to wait until a, somebody's turn is done and then you can decide to go. When you ready, you interrupt that person's turn and you move to the initiative order directly before them. Oh, is it my turn again or no? Yep, you can continue your turn. That's your move action. Okay, so then I cast Fire Belly. All right. Fireball. Oh, I wish. Okay. I don't know Fireball, but I know Fire Belly. And I'll act here. That will then bring us to the delayed Gideon. Who is going to cast Shared Wrath against the Red One. Targets um, up to one creature per level, no two of which can be more than 30 feet apart, just like haste. I wanted this situation to happen too, so it's all good. An important thing of note, at 12th level, you gain the benefits of the improved critical feat on attack rolls made against the designated creature. So uh, just remember to double your critical range when you're fighting red. And this is for whom? Red guy. Yeah, but this affects all of us because it's shared, or? Yeah, it affects all of us. Yeah, just, um, or just make sure for some reason your heroism is not going to stack with that. You'll still get the save bonus, but 
you'll get the improved critical still, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll get a little bit better stuff, but basically, I get just like an extra plus one to attack and damage. Then correct. You just want to make sure that you're not adding another three on top of the two. Well, I want to add both. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you, buddy. That's up to you. If Jason catches you, though. Oh, <laughs> wrath. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and do an invocation of, I think, destruction. So uh, a plus one sacred bonus increases by three. So a plus three sacred bonus on weapon damage rolls. And yeah, that'll be my turn. I'll five foot step closer to Orin. Okay. Top of round two, Karen, you are first. Uh, so Kieran will fly to be in melee with Red then. I do not have reach, so I will provoke as I fly down. I will be flying in the air, but within melee, just to let you know. Okay, so you are flying, but I you am will provoke flying. by getting close. Exactly. But I think I still am close enough to get destruction. And you're still 20 feet in the air? No, I'm in melee in the air. So you're like a medium-sized dragon? Yeah, basically. Just a baby dragon. You're flying, but like hovering at five feet? Or what do you mean when you say in melee? Because isn't this one in the air? No, they're not flying. No, they don't have wings. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you are within range for destruction. Okay. Uh, That is only a 23 to hit, though. Okay, that does not hit. Alright, I will take a bite attack with my bite. So this bite attack is a 25. That will hit your target. So this is 17 points of bludgeoning, piercing, slashing damage. And I believe, Jason, I think this is important, but my claws and bite count as magic as of 5th level, so I think that also means my dragon form bite and claws are magic. It doesn't say in the spell, but I was just going off of my um, bloodline, but maybe it's not because it's off of the spell. I don't know, but I'll leave that up to you. uh, Not too big of a difference. Yeah, and I would also say form of the dragon is a spell, so it would be fine. That's my turn. Okay. That brings us to the two Paluda. Blue is going to move up to be around here and is actually going to do its quill barrage again because it doesn't say that there's a it says a times per day but it doesn't say there's any cooldown to it so i need both Oren and gideon to roll reflex saves okay 16 okay Oren gets 16 gideon gets an 11 i love it both of you fail oh my gosh I don't like when you do that. I don't like that at all. I I hate it when he does it. I rolled a bunch of dice. All but one of them were one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) So that is an oh my goodness in the good sense. Yeah. Yeah. On 6d6, you take eight. (laughs) (laughs) So I take 12. Yes, you take 12, Oren takes 4, um, and I forgot to do this the first time I did it, but you do both need to do a uh, co- a, uh, co- a fortitude save. Do I really need to? Because they are poisons. Oh, that was a really bad roll. It was a bad yeah. roll for Oren, too. Like, a 7. So, Oren, uh, and this is a poison, so, oh, so I don't know if you're plus 2 for being a dwarf. Yeah, okay. 26. 
Uh, you are fine. Gideon is dead. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Gideon, you are not dead, but you did fail against the poison. So you will take two points of constitution damage. Constitution damage? Oof. Yes. That's not good. Uh, that's not good. So that is the blue's turn. Red is then going to full attack the dragon that it sees. So this is going to be four attacks against you, Kieran. Yikes. So the bite, 24 to hit. That's a miss. First claw, 35 to hit. That will hit. Second claw, natural one. Gosh, man. Gosh. And tail slap. Natural two. Awesome. Rolling like the worst ever. So you only get hit by one claw. So you only end up taking, wow, minimum damage. Nine points of damage. These guys suck. <laughs> Wait, Jason, is it like, is it worse than a Shadow Dancer in the Darklands? <laughs> well, these guys at least have potential to do something. Okay, you said nine points of damage? Yes, you take nine points of damage. He really is laying it on thick how much he hates. Dude, He, I feel bad for Flood, man. I do, I do. Yeah, he shouldn't have been a shadow dancer when there's no dim light down I, there. I would, I would do uh, dancing lights so he can get his shadow out, but we killed it. Yeah, and it doesn't come back for 30 <laughs> days. He is useless. That's Who designs really... a class feature you can't use after 30 yeah. days? Yeah, e- even, even you get your... Um, your uh, what do they call it familiars and oh, animal me. companions back quicker than that yeah. madness anyways that was the uh, red's turn that brings us to Jessup. Jess- thank you guys appreciate <laughs> every it every time <laughs> it's up every time i inspire you guys you inspire me it's how, That's how it goes yep. all righty uh i'm going to cast song of healing and i'm going to use that on orin gideon kieran so you all will get fast healing too do not forget, Jessup does not like feeling useless. Invariably, we will forget. I won't forget. Uh, Jessup will move a little bit here. I'm just trying to make sure. So, Kieran, you're flying. No, he's on the ground. You can think of him no, on the ground flying. now. Oh, he's he flying. is flying, but he's on the ground flying. Nope. That but, okay. makes no sense. <laughs> he's like 10 to 15 feet up. Or less. <laughs> or more. Don't play my character. <laughs> I am exactly 6.5 feet in the air. <laughs> Precisely. I'm just going to move here to make Jason a fantastic line because I am a scholar and a gentleman. Awesome. So Jessup's going to free action, maintain performance, cast song of healing, move action, just take a couple steps that way. That brings us to Orin. Fast healing two. Hey, I get, what, two heal points back? You get two. Two. I'll take it. Two. 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 He will five foot step up. All right. Catch these hands. 26 will hit. 21 will miss. And then the haste attack. 27 will hit. Those were terrible rolls. They really were. That's a three on the die. A three on the die. No. And a four. Yeah. Yeah. Good grief. You're like rolling like last week. But you're still hitting. Yeah, yeah, that's lots yeah. of buffs. It's not like you're fighting someone that's got a stupid high AC, though. But what, 23 points of damage? Well, and then Jessup's 40 30? Points 40 points of damage. 40 points of damage. 40. You're welcome, Jason. And you only have the destruction going on, right? Not wrath. Okay, so let's go ahead and drop one off of that, because I do have the wrath. 
Wait, why is there no wrath? Because it's only on the red. It's only on red. Oh, I didn't have that on red. <laughs> I do now. That is Oren's turn. Brings us to Gideon. Fast sailing. Uh, yep. So I go up to 57. Don't worry, Jessup. I got you. We we buff characters. We don't forget. All right. Bars for life. <laughs> Bars for life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, swift action do one of them again. That was mildly better than my fast healing. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Just a little. But it's, it costs me something. Yours is free, Jessup. Well, it costs me a spell. Well, yeah, free for me, though. That's um, <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> free healing, do. And then I'm going to go ahead and we'll cast another Shared Wrath. I think it can have two things suffering from my wrath. Presumably, I guess, if, if you have the spell slots. Yeah, I do. So we're going to do another shared wrath. Boom. And this time we'll go against blue. And this time we'll pick, I don't know. He's a melee fighter, but Jessup might shoot him with a bow. I can only pick definitely Orin and me. And then... Um, you do Kieran. I'm not going to be upset about it. All right, we'll give it to Kieran then. I, I don't care. That's that's kind of an out-of-game decision. I don't, I don't care who benefits it. Okay, you've guys got Shurd Rearth against Blur. Yep. And now you can actually, if you want to, just don't forget to undo it, you can increase the critical range of your weapon. Double it. Oh, boy. Okay, I will do that. Not you, Jason. So, like, if you <laughs> normally crit on a 20, you now crit on a 19 and 20. Ooh. Correct. If you normally crit on an 18, you now crit on a 15. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if you're a filthy min-maxer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to move? Oh, me? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. I'll move. Why not get into close to flanking? Okay. Which will provoke. Will attempt to bite you. Yeah, try. As a 36. Oh, I just 30. hit. <laughs> uh, let me make sure. Oh. I'm hasted. I'm sorry. It's a 37. <laughs> nope. You put 36 in the chat. <laughs> I'm sorry Hands to say. Hands off the chest piece. Well, that is. <laughs> well it, uh, I'll let you do whatever you can sleep with at night, and I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, it's a 37. <laughs> that brings us to the top of round three. We have Kieran again. Okay, Kieran will just full attack, I guess, with my... Lots of attacks. So this will be a bite, a hasted bite, two claws, and two wings. Oh, yeah. What a cool character. Okay. So I do not get iteratives on these. So, great. Everything's just at my SBAB. The wings are probably secondary. Yeah. So, you, okay. so your primary ones are full. Your secondary ones take a minus five. And that's how natural attacks work. Okay. Bite attack number one is a 26 natural five a 26 will hit do you want me to just roll the attacks and then do the damage or do you want me to do one at a time okay so the first bite hits second bite is wow a natural 19 so tentative critical threat wow with a 34 to confirm nice yep okay uh claw attack number one is a 36 Yep. Claw attack number two is a 36. Yep. Wing attack number one is an 18. That'll miss. And wing attack number two is a 21. That'll miss. All right. So first bite damage is 23. Okay. 
Critical bite damage is 43. Okay, so that's 66. And claw damage is a 20. And then... You get another claw. Oh, did both claws... Oh, they did. Okay. One more claw is 21. Holy cow, man. Because what's the total damage? Jessup damage would be, what, 46? No, No you're out of range. Oh, okay. It's only within 30 feet. Gotcha. Okay. So it was 107? Yeah. Is that the total? I think so. Real quick, did you crit um, because of an expanded crit range, or did you already have a 19 crit range? Nope, that was the expanded crit range. That was the improved Hey, range. let's go! <laughs> let's see, 23 and 43, that's 66, plus an additional 41. Yeah, 107. Okay. Holy cow. Let me just say, Kieran is buffed up to the wazoo. He normally would not hit this hard, but he has got, like, a bunch of buffs. Oh, we still got more to go if you want them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and plus being a dragon right now, his strength is 24, so that's adding to I've, well. I've used two spells on you, Sarah, and one of them was a duplicate spell. <laughs> so... I'm telling you, we, we got more to go if you want to get up there. Push that damage. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it went from being pretty much fine to being almost dead. Yeah, but just <laughs> wait till it retaliates on me. That's going to be fun. But that's my turn. Yeah, it had triple digit hit points. It's now single digit hit points. That brings us to the Paluda. Um, the one down here. Uh, what are their intelligences? Kind of, they're wyvern level intelligences. Uh, let me see, this is a standard action. And Oren hit, but Gideon did not. I haven't touched him yet. Yeah, because Gideon just moved up. Okay. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to try a full attack. It's going to try to to hit Oren. Uh, if it finds itself unable to hit, then it will do something else next turn. Bite against Oren. That is a 28. Just hit. First claw is going to miss with a 23. Second claw is going to hit with a 28. And the tail slap is going to miss with a 26. So one bite and one claw. All right. So you take... The bite does 15 points of damage, so you'll take 8 and Gideon will take 7. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. The claw that hit did 10 points of damage, so you both take five more. And then it is going to five-foot step back. The red one is going to wildly and desperately try to put you down. It doesn't know how much hit points you have, but it has lots of attacks too. So it's going to try to... Oh no, I don't have any images. It's going to try to do something here. If I cast near image and then become a dragon, do my images change to be dragons, or am I just a dragon surrounded by Kirins? <laughs> no, I think they change to be dragons. <laughs> that would make me a lot easier to hit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you could just cast it as a dragon. Yeah, probably, but it's funnier to think about it that way. <laughs> anyway, okay. Bite. Oh, go ahead and kill me. It's going to be a 25. That misses. Okay. First claw is a 31. Yes, that hits. Second claw is a natural 20. Oh. Uh, That just barely misses. With a 30 to confirm. My scales have medium fortification. Whoa, that's a really cool ability. Where'd you get (laughs) that? It just comes with the spell. (laughs) That is a... (laughs) It just comes with the spell? 32 on the tail slap. 
Yep, that's gonna hit. So both claws hit, the second claw crits, and the tail slap hits. I did not notice that the tail slap does way more damage than the others, but nice. Okay, so the first claw does 14 points of damage, max. Oh, this critical's gonna hurt. The second claw does 19 points of damage. That was a critical? Yeah. Ouch. And the tail slap does 17 points of damage, and I need a fortitude save. Oh boy. Fortitude is my best save, but I have a history of rolling poorly. A 24? Uh, 24 is okay. Oh, thank goodness. Whew. Also... Don't say also. I forgot about that ability that would have been coming up every time that you hit it. Go ahead. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) Does it benefit me or not? (laughs) It does not benefit you. Real quick, how many times did you hit it, do you think? Four. Four. Four? Okay. Mm Do I so take damage as you were hitting it, spiky? this this pellet's black back and tail are covered in sharp black quills. Uh-huh. Um, any creature that strikes a pellet's with a melee weapon, an unarmed attack, or a natural weapon takes some piercing damage from its quills. Okay. Well, Orton would have taken damage too then. Yep. Just so, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kieran, you take another 16 points of damage from all of those attacks that you did. Or and you take five points of damage from all that. Do I take that damage too, Jason? So he would take... You take two, he takes three. I'm not going to do the next bit of that ability because it says they take 1d6 piercing damage and risk being poisoned, which means I think you'd have to roll a save for poison against every single one of those attacks. Which actually against you guys, you, you'd have to roll super bad. To, well, Kieran probably fail it. I mean... Roll, roll a couple, roll a couple, roll yeah. a couple constitution, uh, fortitude saves. Uh, just a couple? Yeah, four, and then Orin can roll two. And this is against poison, so. So Orin's fine on both of his, no problem. All right, so my number one, 18. Okay, that is one fail. So what does that do? Because that's going to affect the rest of them. Yes, you take one point of constitution damage, so okay. nothing yet. So that doesn't do anything yet. Okay, second yeah, fortitude nothing. save is a 31. You're good. All right, third fortitude save is a 31. You're good, so you'd actually have, you with those two saves, you would have cured the poison, but then the fourth attack, you'd have to do it again. They count as cure attempts as well? 22. I'm not going to think about it enough to say whether that's the case. It's just simpler that way, I think. I was surprised you were able to get affected by it more than once, even. But Well, you can. It'll just increase the DC and the duration. It Got gets, you. It could get really, really bad. So technically... Yeah, I still am poisoned, technically. Yeah, technically the DC for the consecutive three saves that Kieran made went up by two. But even with the increase, he succeeded. So he's fine. So I still have one con damage, and I technically am still poisoned, because I'm going to have to roll on my turn now, right? Uh, no, because, uh, well, yes. Because yeah, each of those I were am. against the new dose, so yeah. yeah, you will have to do it on your turn. Okay. Should I have rolled on my turn? We rolled yours when you got hit, right? Yeah. So you'd have to roll it on its turn, because that would be one round. We can do it on your turn, because it's not going to make a difference, but I, I wouldn't want you to roll it on his turn and then on your turn immediately. I don't know. Okay. And so it might get worse is what you're saying. Yeah. 
So we'll go to you because it's not going to make a difference, and we'll just roll it on your turn from here on out. No, we can do it on his turn. Okay. It was well, then blue that roll hit it me. now. Then so just roll it now. Yeah, because it's it's a, it's the end of their turn. So okay, I'm so good. it's one save. Yep, I need two consecutive. I'm guessing two or three or four or five, <laughs> something like that. Kind of depends on the ability. Yeah, that will bring us to Jessup at the end of their turn. This one will actually five foot step back. It wants to put a little bit of distance. I'm going to cast a spell. Classic. Need to go run up. Oh shoot! No, Kieran's flying. Only five feet. You can jump. I'm I'm in, no. I'm in melee. So, so I I can't touch you. You can. You can. Okay. You can. So I, I run up just for cast cure serious wounds. Well, maintain performance. Cast cure serious wounds. Walk up. Slap. Blue to die. The blue. <laughs> right in my tail. Right in my tail. Sure. <laughs> that was good. Eight seven eight on three d eight is no joke. So what? Thirty five. Yes. Yeah. That is tasty. One away from max. That. So, Karen, you and your new cool dragon form. Heal. Okay. That brings us to Oren. And, uh, Oren, you realize now, having hit this creature, that, yes, it is extremely difficult to uh, hit it in melee without getting sliced or stabbed by its quills. I'll live forever. What would you like to do? Am I out of its way a five-foot step back, presumably? Uh, you can assume that. You don't know exactly what their reach is, if it's ten feet. Seems like it's been ten feet, but you don't know if they have anything that's past that. Alright, well, he'll five foot step back and risk it. And then cast a spell. Okay. It doesn't appear to take an attack. Cold ice strike. <laughs> oh, that's a swifty. Huh? For future reference, I think because that spell is a swift action, you don't actually provoke, so you could cast it in melee. Oh, are you serious? Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So I'll stay... Uh, actually, could I five foot step forward and still cast it? Yep. That's disgusting. Cold Ice Strike is a ridiculous spell. Okay, so that's 12d6. Yep, so this does... So does that allow for spell resistance? I think so. So you will have to roll spell resistance. There might be some people in the audience that don't know what that spell is. Maybe you should describe it. Yeah, for those, you know, people in the audience. Yes, so it is... Flint Flint needs to know. (laughs) Yes, it does have spell resistance, and it has a saving uh, reflex for half. You create a shredding flurry of ice slivers, which blast from your hand in a line. The line deals 1d6 points of cold damage per caster level. It has a range of 30 feet and an area of a 30-foot line. And it is instantaneous, and it's a swift action. Yep. So go ahead and roll a caster level check against the creature's spell resistance. Ho, ho, ho! That's going to overcome it for sure. What if it didn't? (laughs) 32. You do bypass its spell resistance, so it gets a reflex save. That is a 22 reflex. It's a level 6 spell, so DC 20. Okay, so it does succeed on the reflex. So twenty. So it takes half damage. One points of damage. Okay, twenty-one points of damage. Still pretty good. Uh, and then we're gonna take some swings. Okay. And hopefully not fail my fortitude saves. Forty will hit. Twenty-two will miss. And then do I still get the hasted attack, even though I did a swift action? Yeah. A thirty will hit. So you do take. 10 points of damage from the two times that you hit it and get stabbed by its quills. 
And I do need two uh, consti- uh, fortitude saves. So you take five of that, don't forget. Yep. Okay, 27, you're good on the first one. 33, you're good on the second one. It'd be real bad if somehow Orin failed those. Pretty much immune to poison now. And then that's my turn. Famous last words, yep. bud. Yep, I'm immune to poison. Dies of poison next game. <laughs> that brings us to Gideon. Uh, you are still suffering from the poison, but you've made one save against it. So how would you like to proceed? We'll uh, swift action divine might. And then we will five foot step and wail into it. Okay. Gideon kills himself by meleeing too much. We'll five foot step there. And then, uh, yeah, here it is. It's coming. Oh, wow. There, there you go. So the first attack will hit and... Uh, natural 20 and will confirm with a 31 the natural one will miss and then the 37 will hit so that's going to be 32 plus 22 plus 5 points of damage okay and two fortitude saves right yes you take 10 points of damage from the quills yep and i need two fortitude saves fortitude save one is a fail i'm assuming that is a fail so your save count is reset. The DC increases another two. Yep. And you take two more points of constitution damage. Yikes. Uh, losing me another 12. <laughs> that is correct. Good thing I have heal. Oh, no, we're not going to need heal. Well, Probably. Uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, I probably won't need heal. We'll see how this next fortitude save goes. Yeah. Because the DC is getting pretty high now. There we are. Okay, so that is one save. Yep. But uh, still, the DC is is now four higher than it was. Oh, yeah. We're, we're fine, buddy. We're fine. And the frequency is now... It's going to be a number of rounds. Oh, yeah. We're fine. Okay. Top of round four, we come back to Kieran. Okay, Kieran will heal two for fast healing. I will roll a fortitude save and roll a 19. I don't that know. That will fail. Oh, nuts. <laughs> That's not good. You take two points of constitution damage. Rolling a lot of twos on this die. Okay, so this time my con is affected, so I lose yes. 12 HP, which actually takes me down to what I was before. But Well, your current goes down as well. I, knowing how I got hit by that last time, knowing my track record with poison, I'm not going to melee it this time. I'm instead going to use my dragon breath attack on it. So this is a little bit different from the other breath attacks and stuff that I do. This was only 68 points of damage and does allow a reflex save for half damage. I think because this spell is a 6th level spell, would it go off of my 6th level DC, even though I don't have 6th level spells? Because normally if I cast the spell, that's what it would be? I would imagine so. Okay, so that would be a DC... That's the spell level, yeah. Okay, so that would be a DC 20 reflex save, and I will roll 68 damage. So, wow, okay, that was pretty garbage uh 17 on a failed save and eight on a successful save uh regardless of whether it saved or not it had two hit points left oh even if it succeeds it dies okay all right that i think i'm gonna just stay where i'm at for right now 
as this poison is coursing through my dragon veins. Okay. Um, and that will be my turn. All right, that brings us to blue. It's going to step a little bit and I think continue attacking Warren. That's who he was attacking before. Actually, no, he's going to do something cool. He's going to do something fun and cool. It misses. Between the two of you, which one did the most damage to him that round? That round? I was a Gideon because you crit him. I did 30. Yeah, I did about 60. He did the spell, though, which added 21. Oh, that's plus. pretty even. It's about the same. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you would say because he's a fire dragon, if the cold affected him more. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so he is going to attempt an awesome blow. Ooh. And he's going to try to hit Orin. So as a standard action, he's going to attempt an awesome blow combat maneuver against you. So this is against your CMD. I am immune. What a, what a niche ability. <laughs> oh, well, that's a natural 20. So does a 42 beat your CMD? I mean, I think you know it does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the opponent takes damage. Okay. And is knocked flying 10 feet. You take 13 points of damage as it takes its tail and it whacks right into your chest and throws you back 10 feet. So you are, like I said, you are knocked flying 10 feet back and you fall prone. Um, and I need a, a uh, fortitude save because the tail does have the poison. How much damage did I take? Uh, 13. So you, you take 7 and Josh takes 6. Not Gideon, Josh. Josh, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Okay, so again, you're fine with the poison, but you are knocked prone and you're you're tossed back ten feet as it tries to put distance between you. Is it scared of me? Well, it doesn't like the damage it's taking. I think I, I think it five foot steps to get there, so that is going to be its turn. Okay. That brings us to Jessup. 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 Say, I guess move action. Pull out his bow. Five foot step. Just take a shot, I suppose. Alright. Take a shot. Jessup will. I think I got him a bust. Inspire courage. I got shared wrath. I, I'm in range for destruction, correct? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Was not a crit, though. That's sad. But a 39 will hit. Minimum 15 damage. 15. Still? It's still up, but that's a... It's hurt very badly. That's it. That brings us to Orin, who is prone on the ground, having the wind knocked out of him. Well, I suppose I stand up. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Fast healing. Oh, yeah. So as a move action, you stand up. Did we determine if it has DR5 or just magic? DR5 magic. It is immune to fire and paralysis and sleep. Can I charge at it? I don't know if you can charge at it in that circumstance. I think you can only charge as a full round action or as a standard action if you can only take a standard action. How much movement do I have? 40 feet right now? Right? I'm hasted? Yeah, you're hasted. Move here. Okay. That brings us to Gideon. Who will swift action heal up a little bit? Going to... I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I die? Yeah. You got a backup prepared, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Nah, we'll play it a little bit safer. We'll five foot step back and cast. Mm, we'll use a cure serious. Okay. 
Alright. Is that your turn? Yep. Brings us to the top of round five. We have Kieran. Okay, fortitude save. Fast healing. Oh, I needed a fortitude save too, didn't I? Uh, yeah, we can do it on your turn. <laughs> so, damage. Okay. <laughs> that is uh, another fail. Yikes. I think maybe at this point... At this point, I probably should start rolling in the chat the amount of damage you take from this. Ouch. I take dim? Oh. The amount of con damage. Yeah. Three con damage. Oh, that was more than I was expecting. Yikes. I don't know what that does to you now, but uh, it's at least another 12. Yeah, it's not good. Just bear in mind, if your con damage equals your con score, you do die. So keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, And yes, Kieran, you have a save? Okay, yep. I'm currently a three con damage, and my fortitude save is a 29. That is a save. Did you save your last one as well? No. No, it's a 19, so that failed. Yeah. So this is one save. Okay, one save on the thing. Again, I'm so good with poison, so I'm sure this will go well. Oh, boy. I don't really want to... Can I cast... I can cast spells as a dragon, right? Because I've got arms and... A voice? Okay. Yeah. I will cast magic missile at the, whatever you call it, the Pelior or something. Peluda. Peluda. All right. Magic missile is... See if you can do enough. 19 points of damage. That will do it. It had nine hit points. Yay. It's a lot closer than I thought. Could have bone shakered it. Could have done anything to it, actually, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And it falls. That brings us to Jessup. Anything you want to do? Yeah, he will. Now that we're over. I mean, Jessup wasn't hit by it, and, and I technically didn't roll, but do I know that they're under effects of a poison? Uh, you would not, probably. Uh, they might have said something during the combat, but if they didn't say that they felt that they were poisoned, then you probably wouldn't be aware. I guess, yeah, there is something I could do, but I'm not... Because as far as I know, Jessup doesn't know that they poisoned. Okay. So, hey, good job, guys! And Jessup will drop his performance, which will spark a heal, though. I think it's yes. 1d8 plus 12? No? Nice. Yeah, 1d8 plus 12. Orin, anything on your turn you can do? Um, yeah. Orin will run over to Gideon and cast heal. Because he would know. I think he would know that Gideon's probably poisoned, because... He's been fighting. Yeah, you were resisting of it. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so it removes diseased as well. It does, and any ability damage that you have here, I'll link it. Ability damage, poison. And then 120 points in HP. Oh, yeah, I'm full. I'm just reset. Nothing yep. happened. Everything's back to normal. Heal's kind of busted like that, isn't it? All right. That brings us to the top of round six. Kieran, you'll have to make one more save, and then we'll see if we can do something about your poison if you still have it. An 18, so I failed. That will fail. So you take four constitution <laughs> damage. Holy crap. So you... Uh, <laughs> do you let anyone know that you're poisoned? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. He's, he's, he's licking it. Yeah, just bear with me for a second, because that's 48 points. It's, it's 24. Oh, cause I yeah, cause it's only two. Okay, that's a that's a lot better. And uh, Jessup, then Orin, then Gideon. Each of you will have one turn if you have anything you can do. Can yeah, he would, he would call out, and I I can't do a cool dragony voice. 
<sighs> it would be like deep and guttural. He would he would be like, I can't oh, I can't even do it. I can't I can't even do it. I'll just make a film. Like, what can't you do? What are you trying to say? <laughs> like, I can't. What is it? I can't get rid of the poison. Gideon will check with Orin before. If there's nothing else he can do, though, I can cast Purify Body. What does that do? Removes all the ability damage. It's the poor man's heal. But I think it doesn't remove the poisoned condition, right? It will not. Your store is some hit points. Yeah, it removes all physical ability scores, and this is a physical ability score. Yep, and it, but it does not do the poison. So you'd still be poisoned. But your saves would be higher. I can cast something on Cured to Help. I'll cast Purify Body. Oh, I had a quick question. Clerics have that ability to, like, consume a spell to use a healing spell kind of thing. Like, they can consume, like, a prepared spell to use a healing spell. I think it's Cure. Yes, but it has to, I think, have the word Cure in it, so you can't do it for the heal spell. Oh, you're right. It says can, can convert... Yes, a cure spell is any spell with cure in its name. Oh, that's lame. Yes. Yeah, that would be a little overpowered. I think if you could just spontaneously use the heal spell, that would be I mean, be not really. Awesome. You'd only basically get, like, an extra instance of it. I mean, it depends on your level, but it's a free 150 hit point heal. Yeah, no, I don't have a scroll of it, but we definitely should get a scroll of remove poison. We should have got one for Kieran, knowing Kieran. Yeah, knowing my Just Jessup will try to do something, I guess. I'm assuming we're still in initiative order. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah I'm just giving each of you an action in whatever order you want to do. So I cast Purify Body. Okay. And actually, my Fortitude save would have been worse because I didn't take into account the minus one I had. But now I'm back to no con damage, but still poison. Yep, your max hit points goes back up, but your current hit points are still low. You also heal 3d8 plus... 12, so add 12 to that, so 22. And then whatever Jessup uh, wants to cast. Okay, so I healed 22, you said? Yep. So, okay, so it is my turn? Yes. Yep. Or back to me? Okay. I got nothing. Is this how I die? I was gonna say, I got... Do you have oh, Breath no. of Life? I, I, do, I, do, yeah. I mean, I have Breath of Life, okay. yeah, obviously. But... Just kill me, and then I'll come back not poison. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jessup will, in, like, turn order... He will start his Inspire Courage back up to bolster Kieran's courage to overcome said poison. Then, go over to Kieran. Kieran, you cannot fall here. You are destined for greatness. And he will cast Grand Destiny on Kieran. What's that? So you inspire the target with a power to seize a Grand Destiny. The target gets a plus four competence bonus that it can choose to apply before rolling any attack roll, caster, level check, saving throw, or skill check. The spell ends once the bonuses have been applied for two rolls, but at 12th level and 15th level, they get an additional one. So Kieran can choose three different instances in the next 160 minutes to use the plus four competence bonus on any of those types of rolls. And I'll swift action switch my invocation to the one that purify to boost his saves. So if I'm understanding this right, the Grand Destiny would really only give me a plus one. Because Inspire Courage is also competence and is a plus three. I don't think Inspire Courage does saves, does it? You don't. You no. don't get anything for oh, saves. Oh, you then? Why did you start a performance? You'll see. Oh, oh, okay. It was just to give me courage. I see. Okay, okay, okay. Mm, I think I know what he's going for. Lols. 
Can I use touch of law on her for this? Yeah. <gasps> Who's her? Him. I'm sorry, dragon. <laughs> Can I use touch yes. of law, Jason? Yep. On him? Yep. Okay. So I will do that if you're willing. Oh, yeah. If it's lawful. 100%. Okay. Give me that law. Tasty law. I don't oh, know what so it does. Just, what does that do? It gives you an 11 on your dice result. Yeah, you can take an 11. Oh, then 100% I'll do that. And so your... and I'll take the plus four competence. No, not yet. Because I have to roll this twice. So I have a base 14 right now. So with an 11, that would be a 25. You get my Grand Destiny three times. Oh, Kieran, then I'll do I'm that. At, 29. I'm at you 12. also get Purify, which is a plus two. To I already put that in there. So that's a 14. As sacred? Yep. Yeah, yep. okay. That's already in there. So 14 plus four... 18 plus 11, 29. Yeah, I think the... So the base DC was 20, and I think you failed it maybe once on an an additional dose, so even then it would only be 22. So 29 is enough to consecutively do well for this round. Yeah, that's just one save. Or, and I don't know if you'd want to do the same thing again the following round. I could, yeah. Because I get it three plus my wisdom, so I think I have five uses of it a day. Three plus your wisdom would be like... Seven. Oh wait, yeah, my wisdom's four. Sorry, I thought my wisdom was two. So yeah, I get it seven times a day. So if you used it a second time, you would succeed on the consecutive roll, and it te- needed two to cure. So you would cure it after the second turn. Okay. All and right. And with that, we drop out of initiative. The combat is over, and you are left uh, in this in the darklands with these two dead paluda. Did they set the trap? Like, was this a trap? that they said is that the gist that we're getting yeah as you were as you guys were healing uh flendak was looking around he says yeah it looks like uh looks like these uh whatever these are these dragons or something they uh placed that here like i said it was weird that the the patch uh twilight mushrooms didn't look quite right now that i once i got close to it i think maybe that was set up by them haven't seen one of these before it's neat this what enough to set a trap yeah uh, by the way the spear looks like it's magical if you're interested I I don't really use spears sure take a look at the spear he throws the spear towards you I throw the spear toward Kieran <laughs> he hurls it at you <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can Flynn roll a, uh, yeah, a ranged deck please <laughs> so you do uh, I don't even have to have you roll for it you, you're able to identify it as a plus one spear. Too bad Aiden's not here. He'd take that plus one spear. Yeah, he'd just, yeah, he'd add them to his, uh... Cloak of many weapons. You never know when you're gonna want to have reach. Yep, that's fair. Why is it always poison? Why does everything want to kill me with poison? Oh, yeah, here. And, uh, just landed, uh, curing the antitoxin. Yeah, I've never usually do much trouble. You probably need this more than me. Well, I'll probably have to use it right away. That belt didn't give you any resistances to poison. Uh, that's a pretty pretty big hallmark oh, being a dwarf. It actually does. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 Shut the front door. Oh, uh. Uh, uh, let me guess put uh, that in the... I'm pretty sure it does, at least. Jessup looks like you're an... Ah, first time being a dwarf, huh? <laughs> never been a dwarf, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, I've been a dwarf my whole life. <laughs> Plus, oh, 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 oh. But the reason why is because it's a resistance bonus, so it, it doesn't stack with my cloak. That's why I didn't put it in there. So my cloak of resistance plus two cancels out the plus two resistance from the belt, unfortunately. 
Oh, well, so. I don't think that's true if you're a natural dwarf, but that, that's fine. <laughs> well, listen, I didn't choose to be born the way I was, all right? It's not my fault that you're hardier than I am. I probably would have passed a lot of those saves if I had been a dwarf. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. We're known for our, our sturdy constitution. Flanek kind of laughs to himself. He says, I wasn't even making saves. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to brag about it, all right? Uh, yeah, well, not not to get too personal, um, but at least we're not shadow dancers, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> all right, my well, class guess- might suck, but my race is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear Lord, how to get canceled in two seconds. <laughs> Well, I guess, uh, shall we get moving away? I'm, I'm assuming these carcasses will probably attract some unwanted attention. All right, I have to I have to just say, nobody has anything to say about the fact that I turned into a dragon. Oh, that nothing? was very... Nothing no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't notice. Kieran, Kieran. I'm very you didn't what perception, you, did. you see. I, I can't see what? things. What? No, what, but, what you did was truly amazing, Kieran. I feel like you're being sarcastic, Gideon. No. He Sense motive. <laughs> oh, I <The> mean. Three. <laughs> All right, I take it back. You're completely sincere. That's fairly fascinating. You you can turn into a dragon? That's neat. Yeah, I think it was just kind of the next step. You know, I started out with the claws and then started, you know, being able to deal damage with the bite, which I had to get over mentally because I don't like raw meat, but something about when I'm in that state, it kind of tastes good. And then I got to this point where I just was going to do the same thing I've always done. And it just, I felt more powerful and it just completely changed. It was amazing. Sometimes a good, nice rest will do that to you. Like a new man. Yeah. I, I I kind of expected it to happen though. Uh, So I don't know if I've really said, but, my grandfather was kind of my mentor in all of this, and he was able to do that. Only he was able to turn into a much larger dragon than I. And so, you know, maybe with time I'll get bigger. I don't know. Seems kind of puny right now, but still, ah, still. You cool. see some meat on the bones. Oh, well, yeah, I thought it was a spell, to be honest with you. I know you cast a lot of weird things. You know, we've seen some things on our journeys here, so I didn't really think much of it. I just knew that you weren't attacking me. Right. Yeah. No, I. I don't think I'm quite good enough to cast a spell like that at this point. But I feel kind of tapped out. I don't know if I can do it again. Seems like it's a once a day kind of thing. Still quite quite the ability. That's amazing. Well, you know what? I feel I feel pretty good about that. You know, some some of these fights that we've been having, I feel helpless or, you know, things are turning against us, but that one I felt I felt pretty good other than the fact that I was slowly dying because of poison. You know, I don't want to forget that, but you know, we did we did pretty good. Even you, Flynn, back there, watching. Yep, I was shooting arrows, but mine doesn't doesn't well, do much. I, I didn't see any of them hit, so. Yeah, well, I, they were all natural twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there were actually like two more that he took care of. Yeah, you didn't see those ones. Oh, were they outside our dark ra- dark vision range? Eh? Yeah, yeah. If you had 150 feet, you probably would have noticed, but. Oh, it's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I feel pretty good about continuing on. If if the dark lands are just like those creatures, we'll be fine. No problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess uh, you guys do we need some healing before we head out here. Yeah, I wouldn't mind 
I did take a few. I could channel. I do. I do like a good uh, Torog's blessing. Oh, absolutely. And he—he's growing on me. He certainly gives you his blessing. Uh, I'm sure he likes dragons. I'm sure he does. Who doesn't like dragons? I did. (laughs) 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 Too soon, Gideon. (laughs) All right. Well, Glenback, lead the way. You know. You're growing on me a little bit. If you can help us avoid things like that in the future, then, you know, this may end up being a profitable relationship. I mean, I've already been paid, so it's been a profitable relationship. Well, that's just because Jessup's a bit of a pushover. If I had had my way, we would have worked out different terms. But count your lucky stars. We've got Jessup with us. Gideon nods. Cool guy nods, of course. He continues to lead you forward. And you go another couple of hours walking down the Darklands. Jason, is this the thing where we need to be quiet as we move? Are we trying to move through, like, quietly? Or are we able to, like, hold conversations? And... We, have, we have Gideon. I mean, I don't really think we <laughs> No, no, That's no fair. chance of, of quiet. I That's think I have fair. a negative nine. There's now. no inspired competence that can help that. I was going to say, you have two tanks just rolling down the middle of the highway. Ain't going to be a quiet. So, you guys go the rest of the day uh, walking, and eventually, once you start to get a little bit tired, again, you have no idea what time anything is happening, but once you start getting a little tired, you do rest up, you set up your tent uh, or whatever camping uh, stuff you have off to the side of the highway again. And you take your turns, keeping watch throughout the night. And then the next morning, the day three. Well, hold uh, up. Sarah, did you trip. have some mid-converse, like mid-travel conversation you wanted to RP with Kieran? Oh, no, not really, no. I just was going to say that he he would, you know, not just walk in silence or anything. He would hold a conversation, but I don't have anything specific. He's talkative. Gideon will uh, uh, talk to anyone who wants to about religion. He'll definitely do that. Nope, I'm, I'm good. That shuts Kieran right up. <laughs> Figured as much. Well, some of the finer points of Torog are uh, justice and, uh, you know, taking up for the week. Like, or it'll begin monologuing about Torog. And uh, Gideon responds courteously and in kind, uh, very respectful of your position on things, and then says... What kind of overlap between his ideals are there? Well, I think you'd make a fine cleric of Thorog. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I already serve one. Well, two already, so. Well, that's fine. One day, maybe. Maybe, but it is nice to have an ally. I must say your, your channels or your ability to confer his blessing is, is much appreciated here. Well, thank you. I do have a question. Uh, yeah, sure. Did you choose who you ended up worshiping, or was it just something that you grew up? You grew up worshiping who you did, and that's kind of how you went with your life. Or did you decide one day that you were going to worship, you know, Torog in your case, Orin, and whoever you worship, Gideon? Well, I'm a, a dwarf. It it just kind of comes naturally to us. Uh, I think all dwarfs, to some degree, venerate Torog. I mean, there might be a few holdouts, you know, like Kining, but, you know, they're just not good people in general. Uh, but naturally, most dwarves just, 
you know, venerate Torag to begin with. Mine just goes a bit further, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I try and, uh, spread his, uh, his, uh, you know, his, his belief across the land. Uh, you know, justice, uh, law, you know, doing good, that kind of thing. Well, for my sake, you know most of my story. I was raised, um, by the Knights of Ozum. I... I don't know my true birth parents. Um, the way the knights tell me, they, a priest found uh, me as a child, I left kind of at the doorstep. And so I was taken into their kinship. And um, when I grew up, I venerated uh, Iomade for a long, long while. And I, I still value much of what she says. But I found as I um, grew older, a mentor of mine. Um, communicated to me the plights of near mythos. Um, I was very blessed to have uh, people that were that taught us not only to defend uh, the Knights of Ozum and, and uh, Vigil, uh, but he taught us the cultures of the inner sea and and the peoples that we stood to protect. Um, and I latched on to those stories, and I, I heard one of Milani and her acts. Uh, her previous service to Aradin and her relationship with Iomade is, is actually quite well known and understood. So my veneration for her just grew naturally from a desire to wanting to help others. Um, and I realized that there was more fight than just the ones that we had at Vigil. And that there was fights here near Mythos, there was fights in the darkest places like Nidal. Um, and everyone does their part. And when it was time for me to make a path for myself, I decided that this would be my part to play. So it was a very, in my opinion, conscious choice. I, I still respect um, many of the gods, Shalem, their aspect of finding beauty in every moment, and, and Ioma Day for justice and righteous rule. But I found particularly called to Milani's service. Of all the gods, she still interacts with the mortal realm in, in ways that I see. And, uh, I felt drawn to that. You seem to respect Abadar, is that, is that right? I do, but it was more something that I was just expected to do growing up. It was the family deity, and it was more just a deity in name. One that we did the rituals and paid our tithes to Abadar and went to the services, but... I can't say anyone in my family actually truly was devoted to Abadar. That's how my service to the Inheritor felt. I don't question or doubt the uh, the faith of the Knights of Ozim, but for myself, it was where I was raised, and it wasn't really my own. So, I understand what that's like. I think. Right. Now, Gideon, does it ever bother you that you were set on this path to protect all these people? But what if you didn't want to do that? Did you have freedom to leave and do whatever you wanted? Uh, yes, the, the knights were very kind, and I still have a good relationship with many of them. Um, they respected me, and they trained me in the ways that they thought were right, but when it was time to leave, um, uh, there were a few that were upset, but, but most were respectful and understood that I had what I, to do what I had to do. I still love each and every one of them and without a question would lay my life down for any of them. But 
I had to forge my own path, and, and I think they understood that. Well, I do have to say your devotion to Nirmathos is admirable. If a bit passionate, I suppose, but I do really respect the fact that you stick to your guns and you follow your, your heart in this. Uh, Despite not being from Nirmathos, not owing the people anything, really. If I can be grandiose for a moment. It, it is this soul devotion that I found Milani's task so able to be fault. Yet she seemed honest in her desire to help everyone. And my goal is for every waking moment that I live, I can fight to make life easier for the people in the inner sea, not just protect them from what lies beyond. That's my dream, to do this over and over. There are rumors among those that serve Milani that it's possible after death to continue returning to the mortal realm in various ways and, and helping. Um, and some of her most loyal are even reincarnated into the next life. So I hope whatever is me continues down the path that I set. Whatever form I take or life after, I, I want to keep doing this. Well, let me ask you this question. This conflict between Nirmathos and Molthoon, do you solely side with Nirmathos on it? Do you harbor the same ill will against Molthoon that the rest of the Nirmathi people do? I don't harbor their hatred for Molthoon. I, I think, like anywhere, uh, I imagine the average Molthoonie is no different than the average citizen of Vigil. You know, protected by a strong military presence, and I imagine most of them don't think about the day-to-day -day of what that entails. As far as the political conflict goes, I, I do believe that Taldus has overstepped his bounds. Uh, and I do believe Nirmathas' claim as an independent nation is, is legitimate. And even if it weren't, I'm not sure that Mothuni rule would be best for the people here. I don't think that they respect the way of life. And I, I think that that's the important part, the part that I valued from Nirmathas. I think that their chief failure is that they don't have a strong sense of government or any ruling power, so order is hard to maintain. But with that does come a sense of genuine freedom, and I think that people should be entitled to that freedom. I think if Nirmathos wants a future for themselves, they'll have to accept some legitimate rule. And I don't think that'll happen in my lifetime, but till then, they shouldn't suffer if that makes sense. Well, you know, when this is all over, uh, I'll vote Jessup to be king of Nirmathus, if it comes to that. Hey, Jessup, how about that? We talked about that before. You think you'd make a good king? We don't do that here. Yeah, well, you don't do it now, but maybe you will. Eh, no, I'm, I'm okay. Oh, yeah. I hate to be particular, but, Karen, it's that attitude there. Yeah, no offense intended, Jessup. That will leave Nirmathus struggling for years to come. It's not just Jessup, it's a whole culture and a way of thinking. And I, I don't think it's inherently wrong, but they won't be strong in their conflicts against Malthoon. And that will keep them in a, a land of conflict for a long time. I'd like to end that someday, but it, it starts small, I think, first. After we take care of the Iron Fang Legion, um, rallying support for a central name with us. I don't, I don't think it can be accomplished in a lifetime, but 
Uh, no, I think better. you're right, Gideon. Maybe you're right. I'll become king and uh, promote slavery in Yermathos, and we'll all be good. Well, I mean, just being, being a king doesn't mean that you have to promote slavery all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. No, that'll just solve everything, won't it? <sighs> all right, well, 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 here, Oren, does Krogadon have a king? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I believe it does, uh, unless he's dead. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yes, he used to be an adventurer, and of course I don't remember his name. Uh <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> How long have you been cracking on that one? Is that Grom or Gorm Great Hammer? Is that right, Jason? Gorm Great Hammer is a prince. Uh, his father is the uh, technical king. I'm just checking the timeline to see if Orin would be aware of some things the situation with the king so Borum Greathammer is the name of the of the king it probably has been a number of years that this has happened so Orin assumes that probably that's still the king I mean something might have changed but he probably wouldn't know that because he hasn't been home in a while okay so this was 46, 65, so this was a while back. So so something that you would be aware of, Oren, because this did occur when you were in the city, or at least it would be in the history of it. Um, in 4665, an unexplained magical incident left King Borum, Great Hammer's eldest son, Durund, encased in a prison of impenetrable crystal. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, I read that. Unable to free Durund, and restore his heir to life. The king had the crystal kind of interred in the deepest parts of the city, and ever since then he's kind of been in an extended mourning. So, Kragadan has a king, but it is not ruled by its king, and hasn't been for a while. It's ruled by a governing body called the Even-Handed Synod, of which Grom is a member. Is a member, yeah. But him and there's a daughter, a princess, none of them wanted to take the throne. So that's why they kind of resorted to a governing body. So Orn, Orn would go, well, well actually, yes, uh, technically Kragadon has a king, but it's a bit of a complicated situation. Uh, he's not real active in a political sense. Uh, actually, most of Kragadon's ran by a uh, council of prominent uh, dwarves. Oh, you're not on the council? Uh, no, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm I'm not prominent. Well, not yet. <laughs> I'm not what you yeah, would call. Give it time. I, I mean, I'm I'm respectable, but I'm not what you would call socially respectable. Oh well, I see at the end of all of this, or and I see you being the king of Kragadon. I see Jessup being the king of Nirmathos. Gideon, you can be the king of Ozum. I don't know wherever Stonewall. Last wall? Was that where you said you were? Sure, from? that one. I I require no kingship, though. I know we're joking, but someone like you, Jessup, would be good for the people of Nirmathos. You would understand their concerns. And oh yeah, I'm going to be uh, a good future. The mayor's counselor of Longshadow. That's cool stuff. Uh, maybe set your ambitions higher. I'm uh, kind of getting a little old over here. I don't know how much more ambition I got. I don't know. Come on, going wrong with you guys. Keep me a little young and spry. 
try to keep you alive, too. Eh, I think it's more me keeping you alive, but, uh, you know, who's counting? You guys have this conversation as you, uh, walking on the third day, as I said. And shortly after this conversation, so maybe only an hour or two into the third day's travel, you come upon a great collapse in the long walk. Let me... Not a great collapse. Oh, wow. It's a great collapse. Looks like we can squeeze through the top. Yeah, so you see a great collapse in the long walk. It looks like a massive underground tremor caused a several hundred foot long sinkhole to drop out from the highway. It's deeper than you can see with dark vision, but Flendak looks over and assures you that it only goes down about 130 feet. And you can see to the right side of the highway, there is a narrow section of road, roughly 10 to 15 feet at some places um, where you could walk by. And he uh, lets all of you know some information. He says, well, we found this uh, a few years ago. Not entirely sure what caused it yet. We're still investigating. Been a bit tricky, though. Uh, last time we sent a group of engineers to survey the area, they disappeared. Ever since then, we've had uh, issues with people occasionally going missing around this spot. I've heard all manner of rumors. Some say arms of shadow grab unknowing travelers and pull them into the abyss. Others say there's a collapse, uh, there's a tunnel at the bottom of the collapse that leads down to Sekamina, and that those filthy drow come up and set up ambushes to grab slaves. I've been through half a dozen times, and I've never personally run into any issues, but I cannot deny the fact that there have been disappearances. So, I just keep your eye out. We can make it around, uh, we can make it past here if we just follow the right side, but yeah, just keep your eyes so, open. So, Drow exists in the in this portion of the timeline? Drow always existed. Yes, but are known to the world? Let me quantify. They are, okay, so Drow always existed. Yes. They were 100% totally unknown until Second Darkness, which is the second, I think... Second or third, I think it's the second. Um, Adventure Path, right after Rise of the Rune Lords. Which would have oh. been like nine years ago. So right like that. So right after. So Adventure. yeah, so they have technically been known for less than a decade. So they'd probably be extremely rare. And I'd say almost no one knows of them still, probably. But for those in the know, yeah, they they are aware. They're not totally hidden like they would be in, in Rune Lords. So Flynn would say that and Kieran would say, so these drow, I've heard not very much about them. What are they exactly? And have you come across them before? Uh... I have fought with them once before. Uh, we got into a little bit of a tussle over some slaves, but uh, they're they're basically just uh, lanky, dark-skinned uh, ambushers, as far as I'm concerned. Don't see them too often. They're uh, they live even deeper than we do, and uh, yeah, they usually keep themselves or they keep their activities secretive. It's hard to spot them most of the time. 
Well, then hopefully we don't run into any of them. Yeah, I'd never want to see one of them. Yeah, they don't take very kindly to surface dwellers normally. Well, I mean, they don't really take kindly to anybody, even their own kin, but, you know, nothing new there. Anyways, I guess onward. But like I said, keep your eyes open. Who knows what could happen. Okay, I will. I've been keeping them shut this whole time, so glad you said something. That's really stupid. You shouldn't do that. I was I was joking. It was a joke. Gotcha. I do have blind sense, though, and blind fight. Good for you. Why are you walking right next to the edge, my friend? That seems quite dangerous. Well, you don't want me walking next to the edge? I, I would rather you didn't. You got a problem with me walking close to the I, edge here? I mean, not particularly, <laughs> but you you know, it'd be hard to loot your body if you fall down into the abyss. Uh, you guys get about uh, maybe a hundred or so feet along this path. Everybody roll me a perception check. My perception is a 20. Yeah, I don't think it's possible for any of you to notice. Great. I have blind sense, 30 feet. Okay, so you might notice just for the sake of blind sense, but uh, I rolled stealth, and I rolled a natural 19 and a natural 20. So, the stealth checks are pretty good. So you guys are walking along the edge here, and at first nothing happens, you don't see anything. You see a couple stalactites at the uh, ceiling to the side. There's like maybe a couple dozen of them scattered around this area, but that's not terribly new. Um, However, as you passed by some of them, suddenly, Kieran, you sense movement. And none of you uh, succeed on the perception check to notice these creatures. Uh, But Kieran, you do sense the movement of these creatures. So I'll let you uh, act in the surprise round because you have blind sense. But the rest of you do not see these stalactites spread strands from the side of them that shoot out towards you. I'll show you an image of this. Oh no, the stalactites have a mouth and little tentacles. Is that a mimic tight? Let's not. Yeah, so I envision that as we're walking along, Kieran's, you know, having a conversation. I would imagine as soon as he senses this, he stops mid-sentence and, like, holds up his hand. But by that point, it's too late because the tentacles are just reaching out for us at that point. Yep. Everybody roll initiative. Kieran got an 11. Jessup got a 25. Oren got a 22. And Gideon got a 21. Wow, I love that I was the one that sensed them, but I rolled a really bad initiative. Yeah, but you get to go in the surprise round, at least for not being flat-footed. Yeah, that's true. All right. Did we rest? Yeah, this is the next day. Yep. Yeah. all our spells. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, I was. I thought that was a joke. This is the morning of the third day. Oh, that's right. We did go over that. In the surprise round, though, both of these creatures are going to be going first. And... I will roll to see what they hit. I'll roll a d3 for the first one and a d2 for the other one. So, 1, 2, Flendak, 3, 4, Gideon, 5, 6, Kieran, 1. Okay, so it'll be the NPC. Good for you guys. 1, 2, Jessup, 3, 4, Oren. 3, so it'll be Oren. So, one of these strands shoots out from the left, uh, the blue stalactite here, and will attempt to hit Flindak. I imagine that will hit his touch AC. What? 
I love when uh, DM is rolling to hit one of their own NPCs because really at that point you are just playing make believe, aren't yep. you? <laughs> so uh, Durgar Taskmaster has a touch AC of 15, so this does hit and pulls him five feet closer to this creature. Is that a grapple? Or is it just a special ability to pull? Yeah, we'll see when I do it against Orin and explain how it works. I was going to say, I have liberating command, even though it's probably garbage. Does a natural 20 hit your touch AC, Orin? <laughs> well, no, 20 like that. that's a miss. Did you hear him go, ugh, at the beginning? <laughs> so, yeah, so that is a, that's going to get you with its, um, one of its strands here. So you are going to take... Does the does this get doubled on a crit? It would, wouldn't it? Oh, that's that can't be. That's insane. Okay, well we'll see how I roll. Oh gosh, still. You take seven points of strength damage. <gasps> what? That's insane. And I lied. It doesn't get doubled. Yeah, it doesn't get doubled. No, it's a it is a touch attack. You take seven points of strength damage. You are pulled five feet closer to it. So basically, this creature can extend up to a certain number of strands from its body, launching them at a range of up to 50 feet. Uh, they resolve against touch AC. Uh, they are quite strong, yada yada. A creature that is struck by a strand is numbed and weakened by the strange material. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a save involved. So you do make a fortitude save. So you might be fine. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. It's an attack, but you do get a fortitude save against the strength damage. I was going to say, seven strength damage right out the get-go is a lot. It's a 29. Okay, 29. Okay, so you're actually okay with the strength damage. You still get hit, and you're still pulled. Yeah. Because it does have the the pull special attack, so it pulls you five feet closer regardless, but you do actually resist the strength damage. But there is some numbing effect going on with the strands here. And, Kieran, you can act in the surprise round. Okay. So what is this black, you don't want to go there, you can't go there? That's the edge of the collapse. If you fall fall into that, you go down 130 feet. 130. Ah. So this is a chasm down. He's trying to pull you into it. Interesting. Yes. I see. Oh, I see how this encounter works now. I was thinking that it was like a cave in, like from the top down. No. This is like a cave out. Look out. You're going to yeah. die. Like a sinkhole. I take it that the knowledge on this is going to be one I do not have. Arcana local nobility. Dungeoneering. I, I don't have that. So yeah, I, you don't know what these are. I'm not prepared for spelunking. Oh, Flendak resisted the strength damage too. I will cast a scorching ray on the red one. Oh, you little metagamer. What? What do you mean? <laughs> Go ahead. What? <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Uh, so this will be... This will be two rays of 46, so they get a... Or no, this is a touch attack. My bad. All right, so touch attack. attack. And again, I will roll... This will roll one touch attack, which would be... Oh, that's the damage. Actually, no, I took the touch attack out. So my two touch attacks are 
a 26 and a 22. Yep, those will both touch the target. Wow. Garbage rolls. 10 fire damage on the first one and 13 fire damage on the second one. Okay. Yep, that's my surprise round. All right. Top of round one, we have Jessup. Yes. Oh, crap, baskets. All right. Uh, Jessup will. He will do a monster lore. Big a solid 30 with my nat bar 20. Okay, you identify these creatures and you get one piece of information. These creatures are known as ropers. Because mm, they rope you in. Yep, you see a huge eye open in the conical creature's front, just above a toothy mouth, long strands of fibrous material whipped from its sides. The roper is an ambush hunter, capable of altering the coloration and shape of its body. It's, uh, a roper in hiding looks remarkably like, a, uh, like as you can see, a, a type of stone, uh, like a stalactite or, or stalagmite. Although alien and monstrous in shape, the Roper is in fact one of the most intelligent denizens of the deep caverns of the world. They do not form large societies, although Ropers can be found living among some deep-dwelling denizens like intellect devourers or neolithids, Um, but they often congregate in small clusters. Uh, A Roper is 9 feet tall and weighs 2,200 pounds. They are chaotic, evil, large aberrations. You get one piece of information about them. Uh, sure. I guess we'll metagame further. What is their weaknesses? They have a vulnerability to fire. Yeah, that was, so, that like, honestly was not metagaming. I don't know anything yeah, about I know. these creatures. But... It's just, you, you said that, and I was like, how convenient. <laughs> oh, the person who does lightning damage 90% of the campaign is like, I do fire. I'm trying to, I'm trying to branch out. I also see now that they, they do have spell resistance, but the sheet moved it around on me for some reason. We didn't put it where it's supposed to be. Okay, so... Normally they put spell resistance at the end, but they put it before the resistances and weaknesses. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why they did that. Okay, so add two to this. 20? 20 would not overcome it. Oh, great. So I think it's just one for the whole spell, right? It's not one for each damage. It's probably one per shot, because if you shot a ray at two creatures, you'd have to roll it for each shot. Oh, right? that's true. Okay, so add two again, 26. 26 is not enough. Wow, oh my goodness. Oh, that's a lot of spell resistance there, bud. That is a lot of spell resistance. I will not be casting spells on these. Yeah, so you know that they are weak to fire, but they are highly resistant to magic. Well, that's good to know. Uh, so... It's- by a courage, and I guess I'm going to attempt to cast a spell defensively. Okay. So I'm going to attempt to cast haste defensively, so it's 15 plus double spell level, so 21. Yep. Oh yeah, 35! Right, let me see if I need to move it. Oh yeah, we're within 30. Heist! Even give it to our buddy Flynn! Alright. Let's get out of here! Okay, you have a, you have a move action. I'll spire and courage... Haste and move five feet. I'll just five foot step. All right. That brings us to Flendak. He is going to move action, pull out his... Actually, he probably already had his... Well, would he have his short sword or his crossbow out? Ooh, I don't know. Crossbow. He'd probably have his crossbow. So he's going to pull out a short sword, 
and he's going to attack the strand that is grabbing him. He successfully hits the strand and severs it, and he is going to try to five-foot step back, and that'll be his turn. That brings us to Orin. You have one strand on you. Okay. And I can... Do you have to attack it with a slashing weapon? Yeah, so technically you wouldn't know... Well, he might. He could tell you, but... These strands are quite strong, but can be severed with any amount of slashing damage. Oh, boy. That's a problem. I don't know. Sounds like you should have had a cloak of many weapons. Yeah, right. Then useful to have a dagger in your back pocket. I mean, you have a slashing weapon, Gideon? No. <laughs> We're not playing a dumb character. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think you have a hammer, don't you? Yeah. Actually, I do. I guess technically, the large anarchic obsidian nine ring stupid thing broadsword. So am I grappled technically or no? Uh, no, you're not grappled. It's just, it's just. Hold on, dude. As far as I can tell, it, it doesn't. I don't see text saying that anybody is grappled or anything. It's just every time it hits you with one of these strands, it's going to keep pulling you closer and closer. But the strand is still connected to the creature. Yes. <laughs> okay, so weird question. Could I... Could I use something like inflict critical wounds and touch it? I don't think it transfers through the strand. Because even if you attack the strand, it, it doesn't say anything about dealing damage to the creature. So I don't know if it is connected in the sense that it would take damage through the strand. Through the strand. It's kind of like a spider web or something. It, I think it's it's more like a spider web okay. in that sense. I okay, I get it. So it's like Spider-Man with spider webs. I get it. Okay. We're going to try... I can't really slash it because I don't have a slashing weapon. Are you doing hold monster or was that a mistake? What? Did I accidentally link hold monster? Oh, I, did. I just see hold monster in the chat. Um, yeah, I was going to try hold monster. Okay. I didn't mean to link it, but I was going to try. I don't immediately see any immunities to mind affecting. It does have spell resistance, so you'll have to roll against that. But I think otherwise the spell might work. Oh my gosh. A two. A a natural two on the caster level check is unfortunately not gonna... It's going swimmingly. Yeah. I can do it. Am I able to move or no? I would say you're able to move up to 50 feet away from it. Okay. But as long as you have that strand, you're probably going to be linked at least that much. At least that much, okay. So, Orin will at least five foot step there, and I guess I'll be... Well, can I get by where Kieran, Gideon, and Jessup are, or no? Yeah, you can move through allied space. Okay, so... Yeah, how far could, could I get... Let's see, I was here... That's up to 50 feet away from it. Okay, so yeah, I'm not going to go... I'm going to go here. All right. That brings us to Gideon. They don't They don't have bones, do they? <laughs> um, I, I literally was going to joke and play your character. I was like, Archer, let's falter. Boom, shaker. <laughs> and that's what you're going to do. They don't, they don't have bones, right? I don't know if they have bones. I mean, squids don't have bones. So... In their tentacle. Okay. Oh. Okay. I was gonna argue. Why can't he just touch the rope or their tentacles? They're not webs. They're strands. They're not tentacles. First off, they these creatures clearly um, 
have bones because they have teeth, and teeth are bones. All right, fair enough. I accept this. Here, the strands it exudes are not flesh, but a thick semi-liquid material similar to partially melted wax. Got you. Got you. So it is like a web. I now no longer feel chip. But they definitely have teeth. I mean, you can see them. <laughs> you give them a toothache. Yeah, they have teeth. And teeth are bones. And the mouth. So you can rattle their mouths. <laughs> teeth are bones, right, Jason? Probably. <laughs> I mean, you can be very, very <laughs> Probably. hard cartilage. Yeah. I ain't no doctor. <laughs> I don't know these things. Oh, man. This is awful. But, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, do the old bone shaker. All right. Which one? Uh, the one that's grabbing him. Right. Roll spell resistance. Oh, just so oh, you're aware. Oh, I forgot about that part. Teeth consist mostly of hard, inorganic materials like calcium. They also contain nerves, blood vessels, and specialized cells, but they are not bones. So, no. <gasps> it wouldn't work. Oh, no. Okay, then I won't We've all been lied to. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Because it's not like I'm going to be able to find distinctly whether they do or do not have bones. I have no idea. I, I would say they don't have bones. Like, squids don't have bones. And they, yeah, I thought they were technically... like aquatic. Yeah, I guess that's Aqu- true. Aquatic? Aquatic. Aquatic? <laughs> no, aquatic. Oh, gotcha. Uh, man, spell resistance. I forgot about that. But I already said it, so that's what I'll do. That's pretty high. That's pretty... It's pretty, pretty rough. Oh, boy. A 30 will succeed. Okay. That's as high as I could possibly roll, almost. Okay, so they do get a save. Yep. And this is a fortitude save. Yep. DC 16, okay. Yeah. Natural ones technically fail, I guess. They do. Uh, it's a 25. Okay, so they take 14 points of damage. Yes. All right. Invocation of destruction begun. Five foot step towards that way I want to run. Honestly, I was kind of hoping that they would fail because it'd be funny if you did the movement to just pull them off the ceiling. That's what I wanted to do! <laughs> I was kind of hoping that that was going to happen, but their fortitude saves way too good. That's too bad. It would it would have been really fun, though. I was it would have been really good. I would have loved if that happened. Just flag them off the ceiling and just fall down. All right, that's one. Check Next one. All right. It is now the Roper's turns. Okay. So red is already going for Orin, so it's going to full attack and throw the rest of its strands at him. So it's going to, it has one strand at you, so it's going to immediately with that pull you the five feet. But it's going to throw the rest of its strands at you and try to pull you all the way in. So that's a 29 touch. A 29 Man, if only these did damage. My gosh. I'd be killing you guys. Okay, 12 probably misses your touch even. I don't know what your touch is, but yeah. And then 24. Okay. So I need three fortitude saves against its strength damage on each of these. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. You failed one of them. Wait. Is that... Is it a spell-like or spell ability? It is an extraordinary ability, and it is, as far as I can tell, not a poison. Can I be a terrible person and use uh, saving finale? Yes. You want to? 
That's not a terrible person. That's a good person. That's using your spells. One of those was going to give Orn seven damage. And you should be well within the 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're within the feet. So um, I end my immediately end my Inspire uh, competence, or Curse, excuse me, but it still lasts uh, for lingering effects. But you can reroll that middle save, Orin. 30? Okay. So you take no strength damage from any of these. But you are pulled, so they did hit you, so that's one, two, three. Karen, help! And then as you're pulled by these wax strands over the edge, uh, you fall and plummet. Can I, can I feather fall? Unfortunately, no. Why not? Because uh, I... Because you got to watch you do. Yeah, you can feather fall. Okay. Whee! So immediate action, he will lightly float down right. to the bottom. So you begin falling at 60 feet per round. So you are about halfway down the chasm. Okay. You no longer benefit from shield other. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Gideon's just like, yes! <laughs> the other roper was going after Flendak. It's going to, I guess, continue doing that. He could pull me back up. One of the strands was cut. I, it doesn't say anything about them regenerating, so I'm going to say that it's gone. So it's only got the other five left. So that will miss his touch AC of 13. Yeah, so he's a touch AC of 15. That'll hit. That'll hit. That'll hit. That'll hit. So he gets pulled in and also plummets. And I don't think you can cast it again. <laughs> I ain't got no more immediate actions. <laughs> so I'm he fresh takes thirteen d six points of falling damage. So Orin, you you fall halfway down the chasm fairly slowly, and then a second later, you see Flendog just plummet <laughs> past you. <laughs> That's awful. Is he, uh, is he dead? So he takes forty six <laughs> points of damage. <laughs> It is a roll. You roll you, you hear coming from the chasm place. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's his turn. Well, actually, that wasn't even his turn. That's the roper's turn. Kieran, it is your turn. Kieran will say to the others, "Get again. Get close to me. I can get us. We can't. We can't stay apart from them." And he will ready a dimension door. For if Gideon grabs him. Alright. How am I get if I get grabbed? No no no. If you move to touch Kieran. Oh, okay. I'm just thinking they're hundred and thirty feet down, so they're they're gone. So I was gonna take us down there so at least we're not split. But I don't know how that works because I don't know that it's hundred and thirty feet down. It could be three thousand feet down for all I know, so I don't know how that would even work. Flindek told you it was hundred and thirty feet down. Oh did he? Okay. So then, because Kieran is super good at judging distances, he would know the precise location to land with a dimension door. Well, he's an adventurer, after all. We all know that adventurers are able to think in fives, really. Okay, so I guess I will do that if you guys are on board with that. But if you tell me that it's a lame idea, then I'll just waste my turn, I guess. Yeah, sounds good to me. Top of round three, we have Jessup. What's the Kieran? Oh, Lord, I hope you know what you're doing. Great, Desmond. He holds on to you. Okay. That's that's it. We have a lovely six-second embrace. Yep. That brings us to Flendak, who will stand up. And does he have any potions? He has a potion of Cure Moderate. He'll take that. Oh, I guess he has to move action, pull it out. He'll begin getting ready to take it. 
That brings us to Orin. Uh, I guess you would finish falling at this point? Actually, technically, it's 130 feet down. You move 60 feet per round, so you're now yeah. 10 feet off the ground, <laughs> still falling. <laughs> Amazing. Flendag looks up at you and says, Nice of you to show up. I seriously want us all to hit the ground before Oren does, because that's just funny. <laughs> Would have been nice if they could have done that for me. I don't know if there's anything you can do. Sure, he could shoot. He could shoot like a bow and arrow if he had one. That be think about how cool that was. He could channel. Yeah, I'll let you do whatever you want while you're falling. <laughs> I'm glad you're in the GM now. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Okay, uh, Gideon, it's your turn. I'll five a step over. Okay, that I guess triggers Kieran. Okay, Kieran will cast a dimension door to go 130 feet down into the chasm. Okay. You arrive at the bottom, right next to Flendak. You see Oren still slowly <laughs> falling. Amazing. You can hear the ropers sending strands towards you, but they, they can't get that range. And Flendak looks up and he says, Oh, looks like they're on the move. They're coming for us. It's going to be a long time before they get here, though as they have a movement speed of 10 feet. Oh, okay. So we could just dimension door away? Ow. Away, yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. I don't think they can catch us. Well, I've got another one of those, so if we just wait till it comes back to my turn, I can cast it again. Sounds good. And uh, Gideon will put his hand on... What's the dude's name? Flindak. Flindak. Back up and at him, Flindak. Thanks. And that's when we yep, find out that he's undead. <laughs> I kill him. And <laughs> they're done that spoiler, right? <laughs> yeah, and so at this point, there's really no point in keeping a initiative order. There's no way they're going to catch you at this point. Um, so you guys can get out of there with another dimension door and further ahead on back up on the trail, but further ahead. I like to think that Kieran really just waits for him to get about like seven, like three quarters of the way down and then blips back up to the top just to like wave. <laughs> yeah, it would take you, it would take them a solid like minute and a half to climb from the ceiling to the wall, then down and then over to where you are. It, oh, they're, they're so very slow. slow. They're, so they're slow. very, very, very slow. If they had a chance to get into melee, they would have wrecked, but, uh, yeah, they're slow. But you're able to get past these pair of ropers, and Flindek kind of looks as, well, that uh, certainly explains the disappearances. Can we see, are there a lot of, like, bodies and corpses down right where we are? A couple, yeah. Not, not a bunch, but there's, like, a couple scattered bones. You imagine most of the corpses would have probably been consumed. Is there a quick detect magic we can do to see if there's any goodies down here? You do detect magic. You do detect a few magical auras uh, Karen, just scattered we... around. There's a few magic thingies if you want to wait a sec. Yeah, yeah, all right. I just keep an eye on them to make sure they don't catch up, but yeah. Yep, you find what appears to be one potion, one wand, and... It's an oil. It it's basically a potion, but it's not uh, not something you'd drink. Okay. So I think the these three are are generic enough that I'll I, I'll just give it to you. Your spellcrafts would be enough. 
It is an oil of shrink item, a potion of fly, and a wand of magic missile with 32 charges and caster level 7th. Ooh. Okay. So the wand of magic missile would send out, I believe, four. And, that's pretty uh, good. It has 32 charges. Yeah, yeah that's not too yeah. shabby. That saved me so. a first level spell slot. I think I'm the only one that can cast magic missile. <coughs> well, yeah, you can do it with your... Um, <laughs> If you want it, if, because you've got your use magic device, that's fine. Uh, doing pretty good with my bow so far. All right. Well, I think they're they're starting to catch up to us. Should we? What do you find back? Do we just go back up, but further down, or should we follow this chasm for a ways? Uh, it's probably better to go back up further down. Um, those creatures, I, I wager, can probably like the. The chasm down here is probably their actual home, so if there's more of them, oh, we're probably right. likely to see more of them down here than so. Good point. Probably best to get out. Alright, yeah, that makes sense. And I will cast another dimension door and put us back up 130 feet and as far down, I guess, as I can. Okay. Yep, you get back up there, out of their reach, and... You're able to go the rest of the way along the side of this collapse without encountering any more of these ropers, and you get back to uh, an open highway, an uncollapsed highway, and you continue on, and you're able to go the rest of the day unharassed. Or I guess I should say you would be encountering smaller things every now and then, but I'm hand-waving like random encounters or encounters with creatures that are just so low level it would be negligible. So you guys would be doing a couple things throughout the day, a couple random encounters, but nothing terribly dangerous by comparison. Do you want us to just expend like a spell of each level? Uh, it, not necessary because you're going to be getting to a rest here anyways. So you can, you know, you imagine that you went through a couple of these combats. You probably didn't have to expend anything too big because it's mostly just low-level creatures. Maybe a couple uh, creatures that came, a couple fey that maybe came down from the surface, like a, a red cap or two or something like that. Nothing crazy. And uh, another couple hours go by, and eventually the third day comes to a close. You set up your camp to the side like you have been doing, and you set your watches and wake up the fourth day, ready to continue your very long trek down the long walk, getting, I think, about, you think, uh, a third of the way to your destination at this point. And that is where we will pick it up next week. 